It's often said, what you see is what you get. And you may use that statement today, what you see is what you get. However, can I tell you today, that's not really the case. Because you see, most of the time what you see is not really what you get. Yeah, if you go and you, you, you browse the car lots today, and yeah, there are cars out there that you're going to see something and you're going to get what you paid for. But we're not talking about material things today. We're talking about what you see here. It's not always what you get. Hollywood gets paid millions of dollars to act. They receive wars and accolades to act. To play a part in a movie, on a TV show, or maybe on the stage of Broadway in New York City. But really, can I say today, I think to a degree, we're all actors and actresses. Because all of us sitting here today, if, if you stood up here next to me and, and I gave you a chance to browse through this crowd today and to pick out people in this room today, most of you would pick out based on the appearance that you see. You see the, the nice outfits and some of you may have gone out today because it's Easter and selected something new today. Or maybe you just recycled what was old today. Or maybe you just took what was old and made it look new. But really today, can I be honest with you, whatever you look like on the outside, I'm not sure that's the way it is on the inside. We all know the story. It's not a very Easter story, even though it's very biblical and a very, very famous biblical, if you want to use that terminology, story. We all know the story of King David and slaying Goliath. And most people have heard of David and Goliath. Most of people know David and Goliath. But if you trace that story back to its roots, and you find that when the prophet of God showed up to find the king, He looked at everybody but David. Until the fact that God said to him, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the inward. So today, I don't want to just focus on what you look like, what car you drive, what house you live in, what job you have, what status you may have in society, or lack thereof in your idea. But today, in the help of the Holy Ghost, we just sung it. I want the Lord to help us, more importantly, what's going on in here. Because you see, the cross of Calvary is a dividing line of salvation. Without the cross of Calvary, we would not be here today. Without the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the, and the, 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 the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel. Hello, UTB students. It is the gospel, Right? The death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel. Yes, it is a part of that. But more importantly, God loves you like you are, but He loves you too much to leave you like you are. 
Today is not simply about salvation. Today is not about joining the church. But today is the fact that we have a Savior. We have a God. The Bible says we have a high priest that is touched by the feelings of our infirmity. We've got a God that has looked down and has gone past what you look like on the outside. And He sees the cry of your heart today. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know it may apply to some today, but there's others in here. We're just too sophisticated or some too macho for that to be the case. But we all know the story. Because you see, when we all lay our head down tonight, we're all even. We're all even. Because tonight when we go to bed, that's the equal part of life. We all have to do that. When we shut our light off, or some that you're so overwhelmed by fear, you even have to leave the light on. And I'm not talking about kids today. Hallelujah. And when you shut your light off at night, or you put your night on, and you're laying there, and the darkness removes the outer shell, and you're left to face what's on the inside. And you roll your head to the side so that your spouse can't hear. But you, the tears begin to soak the pillow. Nobody knows these moments except one. And that's God. No man knows what goes on on the inside of your mind and your heart. But one, that's God. So let's just for the next 20 minutes really take off the shell for a moment. Let's get real and get down in the nitty-gritty, dirty part of where we live and do this thing called life. Let's put away the pretenses. Let's take off the ideology that we make everyone think something or we're playing our role perfectly. But let's get down to where it really matters and what's really going on in here and what's going on in here. Because today, if you leave here today and you go, well, that was neat, that was great, I enjoyed that, that's great that you felt that way. But more importantly, when you leave here today, I want you to leave here today going, there's hope for me. I don't have to be this way. I don't have to live this way. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what your mother or your father proclaimed over your life. I'm here today to tell you in the Holy Ghost that we have a living God who's able to change your future. We've got a God today. Because today, the song said it. I see shattered. But he sees whole. I see something broken and ugly. But he says it's beautiful. And every day he's helping me to see that picture of myself. Because Brother Trombley, i got to be honest with you, I don't see that every day. You see, because when I see myself and I close my eyes, I replay every mistake. I replay every sin. I replay every hurt. I replay everything that's been done to me and everything I've done to others. It replays in my head like a movie I can't find the off switch to. But the beauty about the blood of Jesus Christ... 
is the fact that He's not here today to hook you up to a machine and suck the memories out of your head. No, the memories, you'll, you'll, you'll have the memories. You'll go forward with the memories. He's not about to erase your memory. This is not Men in Black where He's going to make you look into the blue button and He's going to erase your memory. That's not what this is about today. It's the fact that God wants to show you what He sees, not what you see. Because today, if you leave here today and you judge what you see, you'll leave here today with no hope. But if you today would let the Holy Ghost, not Joel the preacher, not Antioch West, not the singers, but you would let Jesus Christ peel back the curtain, He'll show you something that will change your life. The angel of the Lord showed up to a wine press that wasn't being used. And hiding behind that wine press was this trembling, shaking coward of a man. And the Holy God, the angel of the Lord shows up to this coward, this, this scared man, and proclaims to him, you are a mighty man of valor. There was nothing about that situation that would give you any kind of ideology, uh, any idea that that man was a mighty man of valor. Coward, yes. Afraid, yes. Chicken, yes but not a mighty man of valor. Gideon, the one behind that wine press, would not be someone that you would select out of a crowd to lead your army. But God did not see him for what man had proclaimed about him or what even Gideon thought about himself. But God saw him for who he was in him and what he was going to make him. You say, well, you don't know my past. You're right, I don't know your past. And to be honest with you, I really don't want to know your past because the blood makes our past irrelevant. All I care about today is not where you come from, but more importantly, where you're going. Not where you've come from, but where you're going. Not what defines your past, but what proclaims your future. Here's the problem though today. We all look good. We got dressed well. Got a young man dressed back here and a look, come on, come up here, Chris. This young man's dressed well today. Looks good. See, this is the problem today. Looking at this life, looking at the way he is, that's what we see. And to be honest with you, to a degree, a Call it what it is. I spent a few minutes this morning trying to project something. You know, I mean, this don't come free, baby. I mean, this takes work, I'm telling you. Had to try on a couple different ties and go to shirts. I'm like, as my wife says, look good. I'm trying to find, I mean, come on. I mean, I know I need Jesus. I need Jesus. But come on, work with me. I know some of you, well, you just be, you're just too vain. Well, you pray for me, and I'll pray for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you see, that's what we work hard. We work hard because we want to be accepted. We want to be loved. We don't want to be judged by the way we feel because, let's be honest, we do a really good job of never letting anybody into how we feel. Why do you think so many marriages fail? Because marriage strips the barrier between two people and exposes what's going on on the inside and some people don't like to face that reality. Oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. It's Easter, but we, we're just taking a moment. 
And so we project. But here's the point today. This is what we see, but what we see is not always what's really there. Because really today, if you could see what, what, if we could see what you thought, this is what we would see. Show us how you really feel. Because you see, how we really are, to everybody else, the question today is not how you look, but the question today is, how do you feel on the inside? How do you feel? Do you feel torn? Do you feel cut? Do you have the remnants and the scars of what had been done to you by others, but you protect yourself by a projection to everybody else? Do you have the hurts and pain? Oh, I remember when this happened. I can take you to the moment it happened. I remember where I was. I remember when I was five years old, I had this happen. When I was 11, this happened. When I was 21, this happened. Easy now. (laughs) Woo! All of a sudden, Easter just got a whole nother level. Woo! 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 Yes, welcome to Antioch West. God bless you. We accept all. But see, the point is, is that this is what we think defines us because this is what we project. But really, this is the reality of the situation. Because you see, this is how we deal with our life. When we look in the mirror, I don't see this. When I look in the mirror, I see that. When I lay down at night, I don't see this. When I lay down at night, I see this. And every one of these rips and torns and scars and stains have a story. And you know what's even sadder is? There comes a point in time where you look down and you go, I don't even remember when I got this. I don't even remember when this happened. But I'm dealing with the effects of something. I don't even remember when it happened. I can't give you what happened there. I have no idea, but I know it affects me. Now there's some things I know. Hey, I know. I can take you to the moment. I can close my eyes and remember the attach, the emotion, the feeling, the smell, the taste. Everything is so real to me. I know when I got that stain. I know where I was when that, when that got on my life. And now I'm stuck because I, I've got all this stuff, but I don't know what to do with it. So what do I do? i got to work real hard. got to work real hard. And spend a lot of effort to make people see this and not this. And I got to work hard that my kids and my, my husband, my wife, don't see this. I got to work real hard that when I come to a gathering like this, I'm very careful how I am. But you see, the fact of the matter is, it's impossible to live life Constantly behind this shield. Somewhere in this life, this is going to come down and you're going to be left with this reality. 
You know, ever heard someone say, boy, they got a button? They don't have a button. They just have a shield that every once in a while comes down. That's what the button is. The button is not simply, boy, boy, they got a quick trigger. No, it's not a quick trigger. They're just not adept to, like others, of keeping their shield up 24-7. But you know what? Just because you know how to keep your shield up doesn't make you any better. Just because you know how to project, just because you've won an Oscar, don't beat up somebody because they're not as good as an actor as you are. We're getting real for a moment, okay? You didn't come here with this. You want to hear about the death, burial, resurrection, Jesus Christ. We're going to get there in a minute, but we're talking real. Because let's be honest, we know how to act the art, and we know how to project. And you know what? We know. But no, oh my God. Don't be, whoa, 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 whoa. The Bible says he who is sinless cast the first stone. Because you know what? Bottom line, this is how we all started. But you know what's amazing about this? Here's the beauty about this. Even though this is the way I am, this is not the way I've got to stay. I've got a choice today. On this Easter Sunday, you've got a choice. Not to join a church. Not to proclaim some Christian creed. Not to believe a belief system. You've got a choice today. Because guess what? God gave somebody else a choice. The Gospel of John. There's four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each one of these Gospel writers gave their account of the story of Jesus. The life and the death of burial of Jesus Christ. Each one of them gave sort of a different flair to it. Each one of them, in case you don't know this, just as interesting historical note, the Gospels were not written and distributed right after the crucifixion. Okay, Jesus didn't uh, 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 arise on the third day and then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were down at the street corner saying, get your latest copy of my gospel. These happened 20, 30 years after this all happened that they wrote these. But there's one gospel in particular, the gospel of John, that some scholars believe is the last book of the Bible possibly written, even after Revelation, even though there's a debate in the theological community on which came first, the chicken or the egg. But... The Gospel of John was more than likely written somewhere around the year 100 A.D. Jesus died somewhere around 30-ish, 33, 35-ish A.D., depending on who you believe and whose calculations is correct, but somewhere around. So you're talking about 70 years. Basically, to give you an idea that's almost equivalent of you and I sitting back trying to remember the events of World War II that happened about 75 years ago. That's the space of time, roughly, between the events that took place and the Gospel of John being written. So when John sits down to write his Gospel, John is coming from a perspective that's completely different and unique because he's coming from a place of a far enough distance that the sensational parts are gone, but the impactful memories are left. That's why John starts off his gospel that says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He started all the way back at the very start of it all. But John tells us some unique things. In fact, John gives us some very unique things that the other gospels don't give us. In fact, John 2, it gives us the, the, the miracle of Jesus with the, with the water turning into wine. John chapter 3 gives us one of the most important stories. Hello, UTB students. Nicodemus coming to Jesus, right? That's a huge 
point that John puts in his Gospels. John chapter 4, he gives us another beautiful story of the woman at the well and how Jesus changed him. But then John chapter 5, he puts another impactful story. And this story is where it matters today. Because Jesus showed up at this pool. This pool was very unique because this pool was a place where all the lame would come to hang out. All the torn, the tattered, the worn would come to hang out. And this story goes in the Gospel of John that there would be a time. No one knew the time. No one knew exactly when it was going to happen. But an angel would come down and would touch the water, would trouble the water. And when the water was touched and troubled, the first person in the water, first one, would be made whole. Can you imagine what that must have been like? First of all, all these people sitting around, lame, hurt, crippled, whatever, bruised, broken, whatever, just crowded around this pool. Can you imagine the frenzy that must have happened when the water troubled everyone trying to get in the pool first? Because, hey, man, that's huge. Well, Jesus shows up and sees this. But instead of going to the edge of the pool, he sees a fellow sitting off a little farther. Very unique part about this guy is he had been in the same condition for 38 years. 3-8. Not 38 days. Not 38 months. 38 years. You see, he's not, Jesus is not just worried about your last week, your last month, or your last year. Some of you are carrying things you've carried for decades. 38 years. And he shows up, Brother Tino, to this guy. Now, come on, let's be honest. You and, us, you and I talking. 38 years of living in a condition, I think you'd probably want to be changed, correct? I mean, come on. You ever get sick and tired of being sick and tired? Oh, I got a response there. Hey, Lynn. Oh, about the death and burial of Jesus Christ. Ew. Sick and tired being sick and tired? Yes! <laughs> Woo! Now we're getting where you're living. I get sick and tired. There comes a point where you're desperate for anything. Why do you think people cry, try the crazy stuff they tried? Because they get tired of where they are, and they're willing to try anything. This dude had been there for 38 years. So Jesus comes in. You would think Jesus is a smart, he's the creator. He's smart. He got this thing figured out. You would think he would walk up to this man and look at him, knowing he'd been there for 38 years. You would think he'd walk up to him and said, Behold. He's whole. To me, that's the logical deal, right? Jesus sees a need and wants to meet the need. Duh. Isn't that what Jesus does? He sees me where I am. He's... Oh, God, don't you see all of this? Hello, I'm down here. I'm suffering. I'm living this life, this thing called life. I'm getting beaten and oppressed and, and depressed and all this stuff. Don't you see where I am? The answer to that is very simply, yes, he does. So if you see me, here's the problem. If you see me, then why aren't you helping me? Isn't that the logic of a loving Savior who came to this earth to die for our sins? Isn't that the loving, the logic to that? He sees me like I am. He comes to me and says, how can I help you? Can I heal you? Shouldn't that be the way it is? Really, think about it. 
from a two plus two equals four idea, shouldn't it be where I am? I mean, come on, let's be honest. Sometimes it's just thankful I'm here. God, don't you see me? And then the point is, you sort of leave. Leave more depressed than when you came because you leave going, but I was there and he didn't help me. And now he doesn't help me. And this is what the devil does, right? He's beautiful at capitalizing on this. See, I told you you were too messed up for anybody to love you. I told you, you you'd gone past the point of no return. You might as well just give up and quit because there's no hope for you. Why? Because God didn't come to our rescue. Well, Jesus shows up at this pool. The guy's sitting there for 38, 30, 38, 38, 38 years. 38 years he had been in this condition. You would think Jesus showed up and said, you've been here for 38 years. Boom, let's get you healed. But this is what Jesus did. Jesus walked up to him and asked him a question. Do you want to be made whole? What? What? Doesn't that seem like, kind of be honest with you, doesn't that seem like the dumbest question to ask somebody? That's like going to the hospital today and walking in there and walking in the hospital and saying, do you want to stay in this hospital for the rest of your life? Oh, I love the jello. Please, let me stay. <laughs> I love IVs. I love it. No, that's the dumbest question. Most people respond to you like, are you kidding me? I don't want to be in here one second longer than I have to be. I can't take you when you go to the hospital, or, and I've, I've been at once, my wife's been a couple of times, and you get your discharge paper, you're waiting for your discharge papers. I promise you, they say, well, get your discharge paper. Seven hours later, I want to go home. I'm going to make my own discharge papers. I promise you, it's like, we'll be right back. We're going to go up to Baltimore, grab some lunch, then go sightseeing in D.C. We'll be back. I'm like, we just want a paper. I want to go home. It's like, do you want to, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be, do you want to be whole? How crazy would it be for me to walk up to this young man today and say, to, would you like some new clothes? You would go, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. It's just stupid. Of course he wants some new clothes. Although if he looks at me walking out of the mall, he's kind of in fashion, I think. That's a whole other subject, a whole other day. But of course he would want something. He wants to be. But why would, why then? Then why? Then why would Jesus ask him, do you want to be made whole? When to me and you today looking at the story, the answer seemed an obvious and resounding Yes. Why would he ask that? Because Jesus is not here to violate your will. Jesus is not here to take over. Jesus is simply here to offer you an invitation. But the question today is, do you want to change? Because today, I can stand up here and proclaim the gospel. I can proclaim the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can sing a song about being made clean. And we can feel the presence of God that would just came in this place. Would you feel that? It was... 
We can feel that. But the question is, it still comes down to you making a choice. Do you want to change? Do you want to change? Because you see, today what you don't realize is that's what you came in here for. But that's not the way God wants you to leave. Because the Bible says His blood gives us a robe of righteousness. And what that robe does is that robe that's in this place today, when you come in here tattered, torn, broken, beat up, disgusted and bruised, Jesus says, if you would let me. I want to show you something. Because you know what? You came in here looking one way. But if you would let me, I'll cover that. I'll cover all of that. I'll make that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where are they going? You know what? There's no more defining of who I was because now His robe, His blood, His healing power has gotten rid of that. Because now when I go home and I look in the mirror, I don't see that anymore. Now you don't see my robe, but today, baby, you should check out my robe. You don't see it today, but my robe is, I mean, it's nice. My robe is white. Is spot free. And guess what? Tide didn't even do it for me. I don't even have to wash it to keep it. I just got to do one thing. Lord, I've sinned. God, I need your help. I need your blood to wash me. He says, I was just waiting for the invitation. Because you know what? There's nothing too great that my God cannot fix. There's no scar too great that my God cannot do. But you see, beyond that, here's what He wants to do. Not only does He cleanse me, but He gives me a new identity. Because not only does He give me a fresh start, but then He gives me His robe and say, no, no. I'm not just going to leave you. But now. (laughs) Oh, now. (laughs) I'm not just Joel, but guess what? I'm Joel right Jesus. Hey. It's like that old song that says, Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King and His royal blood now flows through my veins. I, who was, what? Who was wretched and blind now can see Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I am a child of the King. I'm a child of the King. Guess what, baby? Yes. Mistakes, got them. Failures, been there. 
done that. I've been abused? Yes, got it. I hurt others? Got that. But that's not who I am. Oh, but you don't know how bad I've been. No, I don't. But Jesus does. And the last thing, the last thing I checked, your name wasn't omitted in the Gospels. Jesus died for the world except. And your name wasn't there. So the question today is, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Because today, I've got to be honest with you, here's what's crazy. I'm almost done, but here's what's crazy. I've, I've used this before. What I never understood about that guy, here's the problem. When you get adjusted, Mother Owens, to the way things are, you just, you start that saying everyone says, well, that's just the way it is. Or how about this one? You've heard people say this. That's just my cross to bear. Oh, that's my lot in life. That little fella, I can't believe this because I've used this before. Let me use it again. You and me, if I was needing to be the first one in the pool, and this is the edge of the pool, where do you think we would be? Me? My hand is right there. Because the moment I watch that water ripple, after 38 years of being like this, you best believe, if I can't get there, I'm at least going to fall over into it. But he had just become so conditioned, this is the way it's going to be, that the Bible says he was hanging back underneath the awning, the porch, and he said, I don't have anybody to carry me to put me in. Why in the world do you need somebody to carry you? Get next to the pool, brother, and just fall in. So that's why Jesus had asked him, do you want to be made whole? My question to you today is, well, I didn't come for this. I came because I was invited. You didn't realize your invitation was a divine appointment with Jesus. Well, it's Easter. Everybody goes to church on Easter. Well, guess what today? You're not everybody. Because when you showed up at this gathering, you left that everybody out because now you're somebody. Because when Jesus looks into this room, he doesn't see a mass of faceless people, but he sees you, he sees where you're living, he sees your story, he sees your hurt, and he sees your pain. But the question today is, do you really want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you? Say, yeah, I want to be made whole. I want, I want it, I want it. Okay, you want it. Fine. But to say it and to do it. There's a lot of things I want. I'm not doing it. So the question comes down, I know this is Easter. And I know for Easter, we're just here. Let's get this show on the road. Let's stamp my clock in. I got to get out of here. We got family coming over. We're going to go do this. We're going to do this. It's a good day. Oh, great. You know what? Guess what? It doesn't take Jesus all day. Don't worry about it. Your, 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 your ham ain't going anywhere. It's going to be there when you get home. It don't take Jesus years. It just takes opportunity. It doesn't take Jesus all day to get this done. It just takes somebody 
that wants to be made whole. I just want to, you know what? Your choice today. You can leave out of here and take this off and put this back on. God bless you. Free country. You can leave here with this or you can choose, I'm tired of living like this. I'm ready for a change. But you know what? I've often said this. I would love if God, one time, one time, just once, please, God, one time. I don't think he's listening to me on this one. Just please let me go back. Find that person I know that you want to touch. Say, come on. I don't care if you want to come or not, you're coming. Say, God, here he is. He's the one. He needs you to do it. Do it now. Hurry, Jesus, before he leaves. I would love one time he won't let me do it. Because you know what? It doesn't work that way. I can't grab you and make you do it. Your friend, your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, they can't do it for you. It's a choice. You know what's sad? I've watched. Thank you. I've watched. Watched in in pain. It pains me. I mean this sincerely. I'm not trying to be dramatic. It pains me to watch God give the invitation, but watch people just say, nah. And you know what? Today, guess what's going to happen? When we leave here today, what you're not going to realize is, after we clean up all this stuff, we got Mr. Lawrence, the best custodian in all of Anne Arundel County. That's the best man. That's a good man right there, folks. That's a good guy. But after he's done, there's going to be a supernatural cleaning crew that's going to come in here and they're going to pick up some stuff. Say, well, maybe next time. Well, maybe next time. I'm going to go hang it back in heaven's closet for next time. Don't leave it laying here. Don't let your opportunity for your life to be changed. I'm not talking about just our guests here today. Some of you that come every week, the Holy Ghost is trying to get to you, but you've been deflecting for the last 30 minutes. You need to let the Lord do something for you today. But you know what? It's your choice. I mean, come on, God. One time, let me do it. I can't do it because you've got to make the choice. Do you want to be made whole? Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? Would you bow your heads for a moment? Father, today is a day with celebration. Today is a day we come together to celebrate your resurrection, your death, the blood of Calvary, the forgiveness of sins. But today I believe, Lord, you have put this in my heart, in my spirit, because you desire not to just show somebody the revelation of Calvary, but to show someone the power 
of change. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus, I loose in this place faith to be an action to rise up in the hearts of individuals in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Rise up in this place, Holy Ghost. Father, you see broken, but I see broken, but today you come to claim. You see whole. I see shattered and ugly, but God, you're here today to proclaim you see beautiful. The old, the end of that song says, washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red, but made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. I'm clean. Do you want to be clean today? Do you want the stains of your hurt, stains of your past, stains of your mistake to be taken so that you can leave out of here and you can declare like that song, I am clean. I'm clean. Here's what I want to ask you to do. And I know this is very uncomfortable. And I don't do it today because it's tradition. I do it today because I feel like this is what the Lord wants us to do. So don't take this as tradition. But just like Jesus gave the invitation to that man that day, do you want to be made whole? He gave him a choice. God's given you a choice today. Do you want to be made whole? So the question is, how do I make that choice? How do I give the answer to that? Well, you could say today, yes, I, I want to be made whole. But the Bible says in the book of James, says this, faith without works is what? Somebody help me. Dead. That song says, I'm coming alive. I'm coming alive. How do I take my dead faith and make it have life? I do that by allowing my actions to match up with my words. Do I want to be clean? Do I want to be whole? Do I want to be changed? Do I want to be healed? Yes. So now what? i got to have some action to that. So I know this is sort of a tradition, but let's pretend it's not tradition. Let's just pretend it's a way for us to get off of the porch and to get in the pool. And guess what? The beauty about this pool is this. It's not for the first one who comes, but it's for anyone who comes. It's not for the first person that says, that was me today. You got me, preacher. I'm going to be that. Whoa, that's it. No, it's for anybody who's willing. That means if you've got to come in a fast trot, if you come in a crawl, or you got to be carried up here, it don't matter to Jesus. Will you be made whole? I want to notice anybody today that the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God has touched you and you want to say, I want to be made whole, that you would get out of your seat, come down here and say, God, I don't want to see myself the way I saw when I came in here, but I want to be changed. Come on, there's some that are responding. We're not joining a church. There's nothing up here you're going to have to sign, but it's just simply the fact, will you let God do what God wants to do in your life today? 
Don't just sit there and let this opportunity pass you by. But would you be made whole today? Do you want to change? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? That's the question that God's asking. He said, well, I don't have anybody to help me. Why don't you turn to a neighbor and say, do you want to go up there with me? Why don't you invite somebody and say, look, let's go up there together. Let's see what God will do for all of us if we give him the chance. Come on, church family. Can I come? Can you come help me? Come on, church family. Come on, brothers and sisters. I need you to come. We've got those that are answering the call. We've got those that are saying, I want to be clean. I want to be whole. I want to be made whole. Oh, today. I want to be clean. In the blood. Nothing too dirty that you can't make.